Now I know. Today on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. So good to be with you today. I love what I do, and I do what I love, and that is interview people that are willing to openly share their stories about life, the things that have held them back to become the person that God created them to become. All of us have things that can get a hold of us and destroy our hopes or optimism in life and can lead us down a path to where we never discover the purpose that God has for each of us. And that is a very dreary, boring life. In fact, some people end up committing suicide or having drug overdoses because they can't deal with the reality of overcoming sin in their life. Well, today's guest had such uh, a amount of sin in his life. In fact, when he wrote to me, I have a a form they fill out. It says, tell us your story. His first line was, before I knew Jesus, I was every kind of evil thing that you could think of. This guy was never told about God. He didn't know how to pray to God. He didn't even know what to expect about life. And no one ever told him that he had a destiny. Now, when you put somebody like that out into the world, well, one no wonder they have issues and problems because everything goes because they don't know right from wrong. Well, I want you to think about something today as you listen to John Boy's story. I want you to think, what is the one thing that is holding you back in life? The one thing that is controlling you, the one thing that you think about morning, noon, and night that you wish you could get rid of? Because I believe today through this broadcast that God is going to set somebody free and put you on a path to your destiny. Let's meet today's guest. His name is John Boy. John Boy, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You're in uh, Alabama, aren't you? Yes, sir. Anderson. So, John Boy, what is your story? Uh, about uh, seven years ago, I had, uh, I had just come out of uh, active addiction with uh, methamphetamine use and all kind of other drug use. You know, just anything that, you know, tickled my fancy, that's where I went. And uh, I... Uh, tried to get to a, a, a probation appointment, man. And, um, I, I got, I missed it. And I had a friend that worked in, um, the law, law enforcement there and, uh, was trying to go weasel, weasel it over and make it like it was okay. And, and, uh, I went to my friend's house and took one look at me and realized he needs to go to rehab. And so it took him about, about a day to get me talked into it. You know, I didn't want to quit. I didn't, I didn't even think about quitting. And um, there I was the next day on my way to rehab. But I didn't know there was a, it was a discipleship program. They were calling it a rehab and this and this. And it wasn't a rehab at all. It was um, a discipleship program. You can see where I was filled with sin, sexual immorality, things like that. You know what I mean? And I was tossed into a charismatic movement with uh, 
a bunch of people who were just like me, but had found the Lord and had joy and, and things like that, you know? So at first I thought, you know, well, these guys are high, you know what I mean? And they're hiding it from me. Something's going on, you know? And I'm like, cause I was real quiet. I'd been to prison. And, and so I just stayed to myself for the first couple of weeks. And, and, but I kept noticing, you know, this joy that, these people don't have no reason to have. I mean, there were some of them were facing 25 years in prison, 10 years, eight years. All of them were felons, felons. And, and, and I was too. And, but I started to notice these people wanted to pray for me and, and love that I had never seen come from people like me. You know what I mean? Uh, so I started to notice this real joy and, um, I really evaluated it, you know, uh, count the cost is how we say nowadays, speaking Christian age and it count the cost of discipleship. But I didn't know what I was doing that, but I was. I remember my first prayer. I got so tired of, of, of seeing this joy and I could not grasp it, you know, going to classes every morning. I couldn't get the Bible. I'd never read it. I didn't know what a Pharisee was and, and all these things, these contradictions that flew to the front of my head. I could not understand it you know and but the only way that i knew everything everybody keeps driving into my head you know you got to pray you got to talk to the lord and well, i'd never talked to the lord i remember like it was yesterday i was laying in the bed i couldn't sleep in these little cubicles that they give me so i i slept on the on the porch because it was in summertime and i remember looking up at and i just started talking to him i, I called him dude the first time <laughs> you called him dude yeah, I said, I, I'm like, I'm like, look, dude, I said, I see this joy. I see this, this love. I see this joy that it's something I've never seen. I've had what I thought was joy, you know what I mean? Uh, through whatever kind of worldly things that I thought was joy, but not real joy. And I'd seen this because it was different than the joy that I'd had before. And, and um, I start squalling, you know what I mean? And I wasn't a, gri- a crier at the time. And I said, you got to show me something. I said, because I don't know. And I, rem- I mean, I don't remember the, the exact words of the prayer. I think I, I had my hands folded and things like that, you know what I mean? Because that's what I'd seen. That's what I knew. I just called him dude. I didn't know what to call him, man. And um, within a couple days, man, I started seeing changes and uh you know i didn't want to change then all of a sudden there was a a deep down desire to start to change and within about a first week or so these things that they were sowing into me as far as classes to go and and discipleship courses like this everything started to make sense and the lord had opened up the word to me in a way that I'd never thought possible. I'd heard people reading the Bible in prison and, and things like that. I never could make no sense out of it. And, and, but all of a sudden this complete word had been transformed in front of me and now I could understand it. And I mean, I, I never turned back. Wow. It was like, I never had, I never had a father. So for me to, to find out that he was there, that's all I needed to know that he was there. So you never I, grew up with a father? No, no, sir. 
I had my mother and my grandmother, and, and that was about it. So this dude that you talked to was your heavenly father, and he wanted to uh, come into your life and give you some joy. Is that what happened? Yeah, man, he did, and and yeah, it was amazing. Um, I never, I never turned around. I, I never looked back, man. Um, I mean, I chewed on it. Everything they they that come in my direction, man. I just, I, I wrote it down. I chewed on it. I mean. I think I read the New Testament in the first month, and I just turn turn around and start reading it again, and start reading it again, and and that's that's how I done it, man. I, um, wow! It just it come alive to me to the point to where I didn't do nothing when I got off work during the day. I would come there, eat, and get in my bed and crack open the Word, and that's everybody knew that's where I would be. Wow. They come in there looking for me, man, and I was in the Word, and I was in my bed. Now, um, were, were you starting to get some of that joy that you saw all the other people have? Was joy beginning to emerge in your life? Yeah, man. It, it was amazing. Um, wow. Uh, about a week and a half after that, my this first prayer, they give me a job in the front of this thrift store, and they want me to do the cashier. So I didn't know— you know, the cashier thing was easy and, and, and whatnot, you know. So I started to be salt and light. You know what I mean? I was still trying to learn and, and, and how to be a Christian. So I started to show just love. Everybody that come in, come into the thrift store, man, I started to show love. And that's how I did it, man. And before long, it's three or four months, man, if people – come there to see me and come alive and in, in me in such a way that I didn't know what was happening. Really. I knew that I was changing. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything will fall into place. You know, you know, John boy, you said in the beginning when you sent me this letter that you were every kind of evil thing that you could think of, but now all of a sudden you're in a thrift store showing people yeah. love there had to be times when you'd be in your room or somewhere and just scratch your head and think to yourself, what in the world is happening to me? How, how, how is this even possible that I can love somebody when yet I've done so many evil things in my life? It was, it was amazing. Um, I took what he said as the truth because I'd never seen things that were this truthful in my life. I always had to read it, read out what was truth and what was fake but now with with jesus everything was true so i really realized that he could not lie amen he has the best interest at, at heart for me and i bought into it completely i loved it and um that's it, awesome. it was amazing that's awesome you know um jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but through me. So you Amen. came to your heavenly father through Jesus. And we also have heard that the truth will set us free. So the truth Amen. of God's word got into your heart and started setting you free, unlocking the bondage of all those things that have been in your life. So was the desire to do drugs or drink or carouse or chase women, was all that disappearing in your life? It didn't. It didn't stick around for long. Um, every now and then, when I would lay down, I think about you know where I where I would be if I was out on the street or doing this or that. I guess 
sexual immorality stayed with me longer than anything, you know, and I still does. You know what I mean? I think we're always we're always going to be sinners. We start we keep learning until this thing's over. One day on the fifth month or so, I'm standing up front meditating, reading my Bible, and I start thinking about I had I hadn't thought about meth or drugs in like two or three months, man. And I'm sitting up there, you know, just praising like. When did, where did where did it leave? I kept trying to understand this because I'd been to AA and things like this every day. You got to do your devotion and you got to do this. You twelve steps and this and this. But what I realized is that twelve steps and things like that are something that I do. But this was a work of God that happened inside of me. And what I realized over time, thinking about it, methamphetamines and and drug abuse had fell off of me, but I didn't know when it happened. Wow. And I realized that the reason that I think the Lord does that so that we can't, we can't take credit for it ourselves. I think so you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, you can't take credit for yourself. God was beginning to work in your heart. So I'm assuming that this was a, a permanent change. Was, was John Boy, was your life beginning to just go in a beautiful direction in life with no more yeah. desire and no more drugs you're exactly right man it was and and for the past for the next three three and a half years um i lived the word man I, that's all i did um with that within a year i graduated the program and i was offered a, a leadership role just to work there and and do this and i was i was going to the court system and and getting people out you know uh, people that I had been in prison and jail with, and and it was just completely awesome. Everything was different and so beautiful. And and what happened yeah. in the after three and a half years? There's always a but. You know, Satan loves us. It, you know, we're going down that road of on our path and our destiny. But he always likes to throw a roadblock up in the middle of our road to get us off our path of destiny. And didn't that happen to you? Yes, sir. It, it sure did. Um, when I had uh, graduated program, um, I had found a girl. And, and not long after that, I don't think I really heard the Lord. It's not good for a man to be alone. And, and I got married about. Six months after I left to graduate the program, moved in together and uh, started to live our life. And uh, I went through about two years, man, just still sewing into it and doing things like this. And then all of a sudden, man, it was it was about two and a half years ago. A friend of mine come up to the thrift store. Actually, it was my cousin and um, said, hey, man, I got you a doobie road up. You know what I mean? Uh-oh. I didn't think I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Didn't think nothing about it. I said, no, I'm, I'm good, dude. And I went into my office, and then I was leaving, and my cousin was still there. And it was like, I just rode down the window and said, man, shut, throw me that, man. I'm going to put it in my ass for, tray for later. Wow. Whatever, whatever I was thinking, I have no idea. I don't know why. I didn't. They always say, John Boy, they always say that if you let that door open a crack, that the devil will push that down uh, door down and come in like a mighty wave. Is that what exactly. happened? Exactly. Exactly. And it did. At, not at first. You know, I, I did 
that afternoon, you know, uh, nobody was at the house and all this, and I didn't do it for another two or three months. I'm not going to make no excuses of it. You know what I mean? Um, Over time, it became a problem with, for me. So you were, Um, you, you were hiding it in front of everybody, but it was getting to be a problem. So man, it's horrible and still preaching the word. So you're preaching the word, smoking dope. Absolutely horrible. And, um, you, did you have guilt inside you? Were you starting to feel guilty? Yeah. yeah, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. So, and I got to the point to where I couldn't, I was the one, only one that could do my job. And, and um, I couldn't double back on everything that I tried to accomplish. Every now and then I quit. So, John Boy, what was it that took you down? A drug test at work. Uh-oh. Well, when you, you know, when you're in uh active addiction you can't tell that anybody notices because you are oh well i can hide it i'm doing this i'm doing this and nobody can see so they decide to do a drug test on you and it comes back positive so yeah for marijuana and uh lost my job um so they tell you to hit the road jack and don't you come back no more no more you're gone yes sir so after and, uh, that, you probably don't have much left to live for except for that little doobie and some uh, methamphetamines, huh? Yeah, I wasn't take, I wasn't doing methamphetamines. Um, I was doing these things that you can get at the gas station, and to the point to where I had to come go to detox. I had I had me a job and doing things like this, and going into going into detox, man. I, the Lord had finally won out. You know, I'd been praying, and, and, and so eventually I said, I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to go to detox. I went to a, a, a what I thought was a medical detox, but it wasn't, and I was on the third day screaming in pain, laying in the bed, and um, and I got kicked out for being too loud. Anybody who's ever went through detox off opioids or something like that, it's horrible. And um, So you get kicked out of detox, and then what happened? I thought, well, I'll uh, go to a friend of mine's house. I knew that I could do a little mess to get over my um, uh, withdrawals from back in the day. And I've, I've seen people do that for years, you know what I mean? Coming off opioids or something, they would do a little bit of mess to get them through their detox. Well, that's exactly what I did. I left uh, Gaston and uh, come here to uh, Anderson and went to a friend of mine's house and um Woke up three days later in um, Birmingham, paralyzed on my right side, and where I had a massive brain bleed from uh, uh, hypertension. Wow! From uh, doing that one hit of meth. So you had a brain bleed, and now you're paralyzed. Please tell me that uh, that got your attention. Yeah, man, I had already, I, he had already had my attention. The only reason I went to detox was because I had to get free the way I was before. And then because everything was horrible compared to what it was when I was walking with Jesus. So now you're I paralyzed. Know. You're not even walking. Or were you able to walk with you no, being no, paralyzed? No, completely paralyzed. I was like two-faced wow. all the way down my sternum. I mean, some of my body is still numb on my right side. I woke up, didn't know where I was, what had happened or whatever. And it, after about an hour, it, it comes back to me, sitting there for 12, 18, 18 days and trapped in my own body. I couldn't talk. I, cause I couldn't convey any kind of messages because it was a word salad or mumble. 
Um, the only thing that I could say was, I know, I know. I never did cry when I found out I was paralyzed. Um, and on a stroke floor, that's all you ever hear is somebody is always crying no matter what. But I woke up completely knowing that I had been saved through the great, through the grace of God. It wasn't anything that I had done. And not only that, I, not only that, and the neurologist told you 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 would probably never walk again, didn't he? Yeah, they sat at the end of my bed and talked about me like it was um it was over. They were talking about me at the end of my bed, looking at me, and I'm like, it was horrible, man, to be trapped inside your own body and not be able to tell them that I'm okay. I understand what you're talking about, but uh, they said no. There's no reason, no way that I'll ever walk again. He'll be paralyzed for the rest of his life on his right side. It was a, um, a nickel-sized brain bleed. Wow. There was no reason that I should be alive. <clears throat> There's no reason that I should ever have the capacity to speak again, anything. But, John and, Boy, we know with God, and we're running short on time, we know with God, he has the final say in the story. Today, amen. you are walking, amen. aren't you? Oh, yeah, man. Every, every day, man. My legs at about... 75 percent i'm back to the point to where i can almost run but not not run but kind of jog you know what i mean to someone out there right now that can't get off of drugs and they're hearing this story they don't they don't want to listen to it but there's something is compelling them to listen to it what would you tell that person i would tell them to just give in to jesus just give it to him it's, it's hard for, for us to let go because it's the only thing that we can control. Yeah. We want but, control, don't we? Exactly. But if but if we we'll let it we'll let him have it and we'll realize four or five days later, it don't take long Amen. that we realize the things that we were holding on to were killing us. Everything that he does is good. When you're in addiction, everything that you're doing is bad. Now, it'll take you a while to realize that, but when you do, he will turn it on for you, and you can, you'll never look back, so, and you will never understand why in the world you have done drugs in the first place. That is so true, John Boy. And so, John Boy, are you happy today? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy every day, man. Amen. So, I've been given a new lease on life, man, and, and it's simply by the grace of God. So this dude that you prayed to for the very first time, you called him dude, but you realize he's a loving heavenly father that has Amen. your best interest in mind, Amen. doesn't he? Amen. Well, Amen. You know, um, I like talking to you, John Boy, and I appreciate you sharing your story with the listeners. And uh, John Boy, will you pray for the listeners today? Father, I thank you so much not just what you've given me, but for what you're doing in everybody else's life who's on the list, who's listening over the air right now. Just turn it on for them, Father. Turn them on the way that you turn me on, Father. Give them grace. Give them an abundance in their heart. Give them a love for the word. Give them what you gave me, Father. You know what they need. I don't, Father. Give them what you believe they need, Father. Amen. And Jesus, I thank you so much. Thank you for this glorious day. Amen. Amen, brother.
Yeah, thank you so much, man. It was awesome, dude. Yeah, John Boy. God bless you, brother. Well, listen, I, I love you. I'm praying for you. And you keep up the good work. And uh, we'll check in. Yeah, with thank you, you so much. Oh, you're, uh, well, you're so welcome. And I'm going to check in with you down the road and uh, we'll do a little follow-up, okay? All right, man. Take it easy. Well, what an awesome story from John Boy. Um, kind of a recap. Here's a, a man that grew up with no father. No one ever told him about God. He didn't even know how to pray to God. In fact, his first prayer was he called, uh, looked up in the sky and said, hey, dude. And, um, you know, God only holds us accountable for what we know. And uh, when I asked John Boy, I said, I'm going to uh, ask you what should be the title of today's program. And he says, now I know. And I said, that's cool. Now I know. And that's the thing that. Listening to this now that you know, my friend, is that life is full of obstacles. There are things that will take us off the path of doing good, and we can go two, three, four, five years, and everything's going well, going to church, and then there's a setback, and it happens to everyone. But God wants you to know today that this is the day that He wants to set you free, He wants to put you on the path to your destiny, because something out there is waiting for you to make your contribution to the world. God wants to give you that joy. Here John Boy is, he didn't even, he, he thought these Christians were high, he said, because they had joy, but yet they were looking at uh, long-term prison sentences, and he wanted that joy. And it took him to pray, and he found that joy, discovered that joy, and then he got into the Word. And God began transforming him on the inside out. And uh, that's the most amazing thing that I discovered about God, that God takes a mess and turns it into a message to the world that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I remember when I interviewed Billy Graham's pastor, and I asked um, Don, his name was Don, I says, so Billy Graham, uh, he must really be proud of all the things that he's accomplished in life. And he said, oh, no, no, Ron, Ron, uh, he just prays every day that God accepts him how he is. And he always realized that he was a sinner, just like the people he spoke to. And I thought about that after the interview for a very long time, that um, we can never lose focus, that when God begins to do a work in us, we can never lose focus that we could have a setback in a split second. So today is the day to make that commitment that you're going to walk away from those things that are holding you back from the promises of God. Simply say, dear Jesus, come into my life, change my heart change my circumstances. Give me that joy that John Boy had. Because friends, God loves you. God has a plan for you. And now you know. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. 
And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.